for The Daily Review, a podcast dedicated to reviews and discussion of TV, movies, and books. Look for us at Daily Review on Facebook and Twitter and dailyreview.com on the web. That's D-A-L-E-Y review.com. This is Paul Daly here with my wife, Caroline. Hey, guys. And tonight we are here to talk about the premiere of the third season of This Is Us. This one is either called Nine Bucks or... Ave Maria depending on when you saw this episode. So for those of us who have screeners or if you watch on IMDb, it was referred to as Ave Maria for a long time and then suddenly it was called Nine Bucks. I think it's important which one it's actually titled because to me, Ave Maria puts a lot more focus on that Franco Harris story and probably even more with the Kate and Toby, whereas Nine Bucks puts me way focused on Jack and Rebecca and everything going on with them. So I'm sort of like... You know, the title's supposed to point us a little bit in the direction. I'm not really sure. Let's go with Ave Maria. You like that better? I kind of feel like nine bucks feels a little like, duh. <laughs> maybe maybe they thought that Ave Maria made the Franco Harris connection perhaps too, too obvious. I don't know. Huh. That wasn't necessarily a Hail Mary pass that, that he that we're talking about, but it you know, sort of ended up being kind sort of, of working right. out that way. Right. I think maybe if you focus it right more on the, the fact that people give it the religious immaculate reception part of it all. Okay. So you guys, if you guys don't normally listen to Paul and I, let's just give you a real quick overview of how we handle these podcasts. What we like to do is try to dissect the episode a little bit. We're not going to recap it and go like word for word or tell you in order what happened, but we're going to try to clump stuff together that we think makes sense. And in the case of This Is Us, we like to clump them together by characters, like chunking who was put together in these episodes. So we're going to start off with a fan favorite, Randall and Beth. It's awesome how the uh, predictability of starting every season on their birthday kind of gives us like a, a touchstone, like this is what this birthday looks like. This is where they're at in their lives and all that. So it's a nice way to start every season, whereas a lot of TV shows... They start where they start. Sometimes they pick up right after the last season. Sometimes it's years later, whatever. And I I like the way that they do just, you know, it's one year in our clock, one year on their clock. Yeah, good (laughs) call. And the way that they handle that is they give us this sort of like little recap of what happened. I'm going to call it the like, what did you do over your summer vacation paragraph that you might write when you come back to school in September. And so when our guys come back to school in September, they like to recap what they did. Um, And so we pick up right with Randall and Beth. They kind of split off into two different stories. Randall still really focused on Deja and Beth really having much more focus with Kevin and Zoe. This was not a Kevin-centric episode anyway. He... um his his role with Zoe here is 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 the comic relief for this episode. And just a reminder for those of you guys who have been following This Is Us since the beginning, you'll remember that season one really heavily focused on Randall. Season two was Kevin's season. So in many ways, it kind of feels funny to have Kevin play such a small role coming back into season three. And we're all assuming season three is going to be heavily focused on Kate. She certainly has a complicated story in moving forward here. So Randall and Beth, I adore their back and forth always. But uh, before we head into that, let's do their little quick recap. We have Deja's mom leaving. If you guys remember, we go all the way back to the car being smashed. Yeah. Um, you know, one part, Paul, that I really was kind of sad to to miss was that um, we went all the way back to the car being smashed, but we didn't actually get a reaction out of Randall and Beth. You know, like we saw Deja being like, sorry. 
Yeah, well. And we didn't see them reacting. Like, did Randall freak? Did Randall keep it together? Like, I kind of wanted to know. You did? I kind of wanted to skip over the whole thing. In fact, I know you're doing the the, the middle of your recap here, but that story, I kind of wish had jumped a little further than it had. But I don't know. I see what you're saying. Like, you were ready to see. I mean, I think we both have the same opinion about Deja's story, which is I feel like, I mean, they really couldn't be teasing it out any further than it has been teased. I mean, it has really gotten into the minutiae of everything having to do with how she becomes a family member. Now, I'm not against it, but I am feeling a little like Randall and Beth are such an interesting family with two daughters of their own that I'm very ready for Tess and Annie to have more of a storyline. I'm very ready for Beth and Randall to have more stuff going on than just Deja. You know, I'm very ready because I'm so curious about the rest of their their family life and everything. And I think they're interesting enough to hold that. Um, we did have, though, in that recap that they apparently went to therapy. They were running together. And I we heard the little telltale Randall saying, oh, you're wearing my shoes out. That was the little like wink and a nod to the end of what happens with the Deja Randall storyline there. And, of course, that the mom did officially give up the rights to Deja. Now, didn't and- that happen last season, though? The, the the rights where they were actually in the well, courtroom yeah I, or was it just the mom just took off and think, it was just sort yeah, of yeah definitely the mom leaving um okay but the formally giving up rights in the courtroom and then of course this little these little tiny flashbacks there's like a flashback within a flashback of deja remembering going like walking by her dad's store with her mom um that was like a little tiny nugget to like oh, okay so deja's dad please lord god please don't let us now have to have the other side of her family's story have to be revealed like where was her dad this whole time and what was happening with him and how come he wasn't a dad like i don't i mean it would have helped but the sporting oh. goods who would have <laughs> who's going to stock the bikes um i really i just i really think tess and annie are such great actresses themselves and i think that they make sense to focus on that i'm a little confused about the focus of all the details of deisha especially moving into season three like i was kind of ready to shake her off a little and not focus so heavily but we've already focused quite a bit on her haven't we paulo (laughs) randall makes his his kind of grand gesture but doesn't really think about it from her side yeah do you think that he was being ignorant to how um how their stories are really not the same. I mean, when she lays it out there and says, you know, you had two dads who love you. You had a stable family who had you since day one. What the hell is your deal? That is not the same life as my foster life and everything Uh, that happened to me. I'm afraid as a dad, I would probably fall down the same hole that Randall did because yeah, you're looking at, at, at details, but at the, at the base level, there's a similarity there that you're not going to have with just anybody walking down the street. You know, I'm the closest you're going to find in your in your circle of friends here. So Yeah. And I guess what I would say, maybe my my response a little bit might be I might have had a loving family earlier than you did, but we're a loving family standing right in front of you right now. And that's sort of like the starting point we want to have with you. And so you're right that maybe we aren't similar in terms of timing. Like, you know, Randall was adopted as an infant. But at the same time, you could raise the and, and live the rest of your life in a loving family if you so choose. 
Mm-hmm. So uh, to me, I, I agree with you. That's more of a timing thing. I mean, Deja, you know, she's she still stays prickly. I mean, damn, when she says to him that whole line about, uh, sorry, I ruined your birthday, Randall. Ooh, <laughs> dang, she just knows where to like continue to just choke that man. Yeah. Considering how this episode ends up with her and just kind of casually, like you can sign the papers. I think she really <laughs> gave it. I mean, she did a very good teenage girl TV actress kind of thing, right? Where she just gave him a really hard time for most of the episode. She did give such a hard time. And I have to say, when she was sneaking out that window, I was pretty like, uh, are you serious? Is she like legit going to take off? And I mean, I was happy to see that she went. Now, do you think that the whole dad thing is is going to come back? Because I mean, the whole like, I don't need anything from you. I'm good. It just. Um, well, for the people that think that the dad is the tie-in to the Franco Harris flashback, I I, I think you need to <laughs> maybe okay. Well, first expand. of all, let's be clear because I know there is some confusion that is Franco Harris Deja's dad. Negative. No. No, we say definitely not. You know, we're going to get into Franco later. I do. I, I think he could be an actual blood relation, but um, I don't but think they're going to go that way. I don't think they're going to go that way. I don't, I'm saying I've, I've, I could tell you who I think it's going to be, but we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. Do you think that she gets it right at the end here by giving Randall an actual gift and um, and presenting these shoes and a genuine smile and the adoption papers? Do you feel like this was closure for her and are we going to put this story to bed are we moving forward i mean we've seen that she can get along with this family if she kind of does what zoe told her she's capable of doing which is just deciding to stop hating everybody yeah which she has done in the past and so i think that the shoes were like a gesture and like a peace offering like i hear you with the wearing out my shoes i like that business you know she killed two birds with one stone she got her she did whatever she needs to do with her dad and then got the shoes. It's a little fuzzy, like how that all went down, right? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I just assumed she had no money for a gift. And so she just told him, look, I need a pair of sneakers. I need you to give me a pair of sneakers from the sporting goods store. And that's how she got them. I'm assuming that's how this all went down. If she smooths out, then it does stand to reason that to keep her interesting, to keep her relevant to being on TV at all, you would need some new ghost to come out of the closet. See, I just want her to blend into the background and let Annie and Tess start coming forward. Certainly they have friends and boyfriends and growing up troubles and things that we could learn about them. You know, I'm like, okay, I'm ready for you just to be a big sister now. Okay. Just be a new new kid in the fam and just kind of flow with everybody, you know? Not yet. Not yet. Uh, but you were speaking about Zoe and that good advice that she gave to Deja about how to fit in with the Pearsons. I totally enjoyed the Beth, Kevin, Zoe story that came out this this time, including all of the banter between Randall and Beth. I am going to say, do you swear on Oprah for the rest of my life? I swear on Oprah. <laughs> you could see that, that, that Beth really took that like so seriously honey. yeah like like she she had to she had to make peace with the idea that she was going to disappoint oprah you know? my favorite part was when she did break the promise and then she, and then he's like i don't know how you're going to make this things good with oprah and she goes i made a donation to her foundation <laughs> <laughs> and she was very serious face i was like oh this is why this show is like so good it's so good because that is the type of conversation that people would long to have with their spouse and you know very very few do 
too. So I appreciated the humor and all that. And of course, as we knew uh, from their little recap, Kevin and Zoe have been knocking boots since back at Kate and Toby's wedding. Sounds like it's been on the DL. Yeah, I'd say so. Very serious way. Loved Zoe's uh, reasoning for why she's hanging out with Kevin. He looks like Batman built like a truck. Look at Pretty good reason, my friend. Keeping it real. She is keeping it very real. And Kevin, I liked that there we got these like tiny nuggets. It was a little bit clunky, I thought, when they said Zoe's staying here because she's making her her documentary and that's why she's still hanging around. Yeah, like we've had a few of those expositional moments in this show where it's like so much does happen that they gotta keep it fresh in your mind. You know, like you know, Zoe was just visiting for the wedding. Now, all of a sudden, she's a live-in. <laughs> What's going on? That's very true. So I guess you're right. There had to have been like some explanation. But you kind of think like she could have been like, I can't wait to finish up my documentary. I don't know. Something. <laughs> I don't know. It's all weird, right? Documenting so, takes time. <laughs> I've been working on my editing brain for two weeks. Yeah, who knows? But I really I like their dynamic. What a switcheroo that it turned out that all of Beth's concerns were not what we thought. I thought she was going to be a little bit more like Kevin's bad news. Don't get involved. Don't do this. Kevin's still going through his sobriety stuff. I mean, Mm -hmm. we know that. Um, And, you know, still having a hard go. And no, it turns out that she's concerned that Zoe is the loose cannon who's going to mash up Kevin's little heart. That was a twist. I didn't. I did not see coming because Beth, for two seasons, has only grudgingly ever admitted that she does like Kevin. This time, she even gave the best compliment. She adores him. No, Paul. That she thinks he's funny. Ah. That from this girl over here is one of the best compliments. If you say you're funny, that's like oh oh that's a, <laughs> that's so wonderful. So, yeah. So I, you know what, what do you think about this Zoe and Kevin combo? I, I really thought that, that, that why you gotta, why you gotta crap where you eat comment from Beth <laughs> was very good. Cause, cause we're turning, the family's getting a little incestuous in terms of like turning this outside cousin now dating into the Pearson clan, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, we could have had Zoe and Kevin both you know, be around and sort of expand the story. And now this kind of turns the story back into itself. In kind of like a a minor reflection of the same issue that I'm going to bring up with the Rebecca and Jack story from this episode is that we do have a crystal ball into the future. And, and we know that they like each other enough to go to Vietnam on a trip together. So that's not like we just casual hanging out Netflix and chill kind of stuff. That's <laughs> look at you with your Netflix. That's and chill. like uh, they're probably in a serious relationship at that point. Yeah, I, I want to talk a little bit about that crystal ball stuff because I do think that 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 is a little bit complicating for this episode. So, um, one little spotlight on the Kevin and Zoe story that I have to have is because I do love Tess and Annie, and I want to talk about Kevin on the stairs with the girls. When he's like, uh, let, if we're just sitting here as gals talking, like I, I, that stuff is so good, you know, and you know, it's also real. And he is that like sort of fun uncle who, who does keep it real with the kids that I can really see where he is beloved, which kind of bums me out because I do not feel like Kate, like in this whole family circle, I never see Kate have any interaction with Randall's kids, like That's ever, true. like yeah. ever, ever, ever. Yeah. So minimal. So, and they're the ones that like want kids, want kids, want kids. And then here they show Kevin. You know what's probably going to happen. 
I'm going to throw this out there. If Zoe gets pregnant and Kevin and Zoe very easily coast into having a baby, that's going to cause some trouble. That's a much further down the road uh, issue, I bet. Okay, so now we have this flashback. And this might seem a little out of sequence to go to Rebecca and Jack and not head over to Kate and Toby. But I feel like with Kate being the highlight of this this season, I want to take a little more time with her. So Rebecca and Jack, let's talk about them for a second. So their little recap was a reminder of Jack was at the bar recalling that he was going to actually rob a place, rob right. it, right? And and get the money. And instead, he falls for the singer, Miss Rebecca. Moon shadow. Moon shadow, moon shadow. That whole business. Yeah, you like that? He runs out to his buddy and nine bucks. He gets the nine bucks together and decides to go ahead and actually chit chat with Rebecca. And they sort of morph into a date. Now, he didn't really ask her on a date. They were sitting and talking. She says, do you want to get out of here? That sort of morphs into their first date. Right. Yeah. What did you think about old babbling Rebecca with her whole, I'm a singer. I said it out loud. I don't have necessarily clear memories of being the age that they're supposed to be. Not for any particular reason, but we were married, so our circumstances were different than theirs are. But we've had young women in our home for childcare reasons for the past several years, and they talk about like that. They they <laughs> they they can't seem to find the off switch. So, yeah, I'd say that that's probably real. That's what I'm like. Paul, come in the bedroom. Stop talking to the babysitter. <laughs> right. So, um, but she's having real problems in trig. <laughs> Exactly. They head to this carnival. And all right, did you do the mental math the whole time of this, of this $9 business? Well, I misunderstood from the get-go because when he said five bucks, I thought that that meant five bucks a piece. But I forget this is like 1970-something. So no, they didn't mean $5 a piece. It was, it, <laughs> it was just five bucks for the both of them. Okay. So were, so you were not doing the mental math? I was math trying. Because you trying. instantly funked it up. Yeah, basically. Yeah. I was like, how do you get to nine? You already spent 10. <laughs> okay, so I thought that Jack was going to use some of his sort of like sweet talking Jack ways on all these different men. Actually, I thought he was going to be like, do you think it could be like a this little is broken less? Jack? This is not. This is true. This is not the finesse Jack not our that Jack. we know. Yeah. This is true. I don't know. It just seemed like he like, remember the turkey episode, you know, Pilgrim Rick and all that business. I kind of thought he was going to he was going to show a little bit of that side, I guess. And like, you know, figure out a way to get you know, the guy to maybe give him the candy apple for less or something like that. That's what I thought the point of the nine bucks actually was, was that we were going to see how he like on a shoestring really could like sweet talk his way through this carnival. I was wrong. I was very wrong. I was a little thrown by the candy apple myself. There's no like elegant way to eat a candy apple. It's a very, it's a a child's messy kind of food, you know? I don't really get a candy apple at all, to be honest with you, because I would never trust my teeth in a way to just crunch onto it. Me neither. Like I'd be so spooked about it. And so I I don't, If your teeth aren't, aren't breaking off in the nap, in the first place, they're getting stuck in the glue-like substance. I just, yeah, I agree with you. Smeared all over it. Well, and you know what the other funny thing about that is? She orders a candy apple and a hot chocolate, right? If you remember, the reason why they left the restaurant is because the food wasn't that good there, she said. (laughs) As if she was like a foodie and a connoisseur, and instead she like subsists on a couple of bites of candy apple instead. Right. It's like, 
If they had fried Twinkies, I'd get those. But How did you feel about this whole combination of like, we know he's getting down to this $2, okay? We've done all the math. Mm-hmm. We, we've had these awkward moments about, hey, so what you been up to? Oh, I just came back from the war. I don't really want to talk about it. Oh, do you have any siblings? Yeah, my brother died. <laughs> he's not good at small talk. Not yet, anyway. And he didn't want to lie. You could see on his face, there was like this conflicted, like, do I lie right now and come up with an easy answer? Or do I, or do I tell her the real thing? And he told her a version of the real thing. Yeah. I mean, he said he was a mechanic. So we know that that's kind of questionable um, because I mean, he, he was obviously a soldier, you know? So that was a little like, I don't, well, I, mechanics can need to kill people too. Maybe because he does have the mechanic skills later. Like he is able to fix cars and stuff. I mean, obviously maybe, I don't know. I know it's always been a sticking point from the, from whenever he ever told the first older lady that he was a mechanic in the war. It's always been like a, huh? Like, because, you know, he was like in a helicopter and jumping out of stuff. And it was sort of like, is that how a mechanic does it? Yeah. You know, like, hmm. So it's always been a question mark. Now, this whole rain situation. I was a total Rebecca in this situation. And I needed Jack to explain the $2, like why he didn't get the umbrella. I was I was like, oh, that makes sense. Oh, You were like that? Yeah. Aww. Okay. So at what point would you have wanted Jack to explain that? Like, in the car after you stood around in the rain for a while? Or like, would you have wanted him to just say uh, it right away? I can't think of it like that. I, I can only think of it from Jack's point of view. And and it's, and it is like, if you don't talk now, you lose her forever. And, wow. you know, and I think you and I have enough background to know that that's the point when I usually do the most talking, right? <laughs> yeah. When you're about to lose me forever. That's very true. Right. So. Yeah. A hundred percent. Definitely in the car. We have that whole thing. Now we had, the, again, the setup of like talking about the war, talking about the brother. Then they have that awful speed round. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Cats. They were not like meant to be, right? And this, it was that what they were trying to show us? Like these were not two peas in a pod. These were not two people who had such like a, such a life that made sense for them to actually mash together. That was the point. Like, mm. and not even, I don't know if it's opposites attract. Well, I think it's to, to paint this, this first part of the relationship is not just like snapping into place. Cause in the, in the past seasons, you kind of thought that it did. You know, yeah, like they were peas in a pod, right? Like they just always got along. They always, they always had something there. So I do want to talk about the car for a moment because I actually have a little bit of a problem with Miss Rebecca on this. I have a problem with the part where she's like, she's like sort of out loud deciding that they are not really a match, and then says, "But the way you look at me, like ah, right?" I feel a little bit like that's like saying, "I'm gonna, I'm going to interpret that." And I'm going to say that that's like saying, I'm not that into you, but you seem a lot into me. And so therefore I'm willing to continue. And that kind of barfs me out because I feel like that's been a little bit of a, of a sticking point for a lot of people over the course of the show with their relationship, where it always seemed like Jack loved her. And then she sort of like went along with it. Like he did things that ended up with these grand gestures and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. but it's like she was in love with all the the way he looked at her, mm-hmm. you know, which feels a lot different than loving him for who he is and finding like reasons to love him. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh, it's a good observation that I did not catch myself in my stone cold heart. 
Well, how do you feel about that? Like if, if it was like, if we were at the end of our date and I just like looked at you and I was like, you know what? I mean, there's like nothing here for me, but the way you look at me seems like you're into this. So guess I'm going to give it another shot. Well, a less cynical way might be not looking at that it, like he likes me, I should like him back, but maybe like... Oh, I don't mean like I should like him back. I think she likes being liked. I think it's mm. a totally different. I like being liked. I liked being looked at like that. That feels weird because it doesn't feel the same thing as liking him. Yeah. Okay. I'll, okay. I know Jack didn't give a lot to like. I mean, he didn't. he didn't give a lot of information about himself. He didn't... He wasn't full on Jack, but... In a way, he was like she could have said, "You're a good listener," you know, with all the babbling, or you know, you you he did seem to want to take care of her. The umbrella thing would have thrown me for a loop in terms of caring for me. I would have been like, "What are we doing?" I would never have let it go, right? Even on our first date, would I not have stood there under the little overhang and been like this? I don't know what we're doing. <laughs> like I never would have just like stared off. Hmm. Don't you think I would have continued to badger you, and then you would have had to tell me about this two dollars situation? well badger me for sure yeah i mean it doesn't even matter about the two bucks could have been about anything really (laughs) oh my god why don't you want to buy me an umbrella (laughs) it's wet my hair etc oh my hair all the all the live long day on the my hair right so in the end honesty saves the day and jack actually fessing up to her everything I thought was extremely endearing and basically, you know, what is the reason why I would want to hang out with Jack again, but I would want to hang out with him for his honesty and for his like desire to want to take care of me and all that stuff, you know? So it was interesting. I mean, a lot of people are saying it was a terrible first date. I I don't know if it was a, I don't know if it was a terrible first date or maybe in the lack of chemistry slash connection. Well, at the same and right, they had the chemistry. Yeah. Right. There were these events, though, that kind of derailed the thing. Yeah. 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 But they had the chemistry. I think so. They just need a running start at a date. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right. They need to not accidentally stumble into a date. That was a big part of it. Yeah. Okay. So now we have Jack heads back and actually watches that Franco clip, uh, the highlight, and sort of has this little like bolster of courage. Right. And decides to head back over, I guess, not that long after with the. I guess it's like the next night, I'm assuming. Scarf or With jacket flowers or and the jacket she left behind. Yeah. That total telltale wankers for the second date, right? Yeah. Who's this guy? I mean, Rebecca was clearly getting ready for someone. Was she getting ready for Jack or getting ready for this other guy? I mean, we obviously know they get married and they get married pretty young. Or at least she gets married young. So it is my belief that this is an old flame or maybe even like a um, very forward... Um, What's the what's the word? The blind date guy that they were talking about kind of Yes, 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 yes. Um so, so if you guys remember, Rebecca was supposed to go on a blind date, but she blew him off for so, Jack. Wait, wait. Maybe this is the blind date that she blows off for Jack. Yeah. That's the story we're told. Cause mm. when he mooches her, her eyes are wide open, like what's happening? You know? Mm-hmm. From Jack's point of view, it looks a little more tender, I guess, but Really, when they're right up on her, she's like, eh, you know, so oh. I wouldn't at all be surprised if, if if we pick up right from there, which if if you, uh, if you guys notice, this is very likely going to be probably the first instance where shows are going to have flashback scenarios that feed one right into the other. You know, I haven't seen the next episode, but I'm betting that that they're 
that the next time we pick up on this storyline, it's going to be like- Right with the guy and her. Yeah. Figuring out who this guy is. Okay. You know? okay. Every other time the, the flashbacks have supported the current timeline in a way. And so you've been able to kind of dip into teenage kids, baby kids, no kids, whatever it called for. Mm-hmm. But I bet the next time we see them, it's going to be, you know, get off me, you pervert or whatever. <laughs> nice. But right, right into that. Okay, That's my bet. Yeah. Okay. All right. I like that. I totally like that. So speaking of flashbacks, um, we do flashback to mush, mush into the Kate and Toby storyline, which is them all the way back at um, their wedding night where she's like, let's make a baby. And he says, I'm your huckleberry. <laughs> what is that, P? I don't know what huckleberry means. I think it just means I'm the guy you're looking for. It is a line from Tombstone. The character played by Val Kilmer was Doc Holliday. And Doc Holliday was toward the end of his, his life, at least cinematically. So he kind of acted in a way that was dangerous. If somebody shoots me, they shoot me. I, I have to, I have TB, so I'm going to die soon anyway. So he kind of provoked people a lot. Oh. And so, but oh. he was a fantastic gunfighter too, at least in the movie. So. Mm. Do you think that the Huckleberry line, I mean, I like the whole thing about the, I'm the guy you're looking for, especially for like, you know, having some sex, that's like good stuff. But I wonder what you just said, he's nearing the end of his life and he can just be a risk taker and all that stuff. That makes me wonder. If they're putting anything on Tobe, mm. you know, that makes me wonder a little bit. Well, we know that Toby's in the flash forward. I know that. I do know that. But I, I don't know. He feels a little ticking time clock always with the, with the heart attacks and stuff, you know? I mean, we're going to get into it, but what he decides to do with his antidepressants and whatever impact that may have on the rest of his life, it could actually be like a, an epic, you know, like a, like a shift in his life caused by that one decision. You know what I mean? So it could be a metaphorical death of of the big happy Toby that we know. You know what Mm, I mean? Yeah. 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 I like that. And I like the Huckleberry Val Kilmer, Doc Holliday, you know, end of his life feel to that that feels good i like that i like that val kilmer has survived up until right, the of current course val day. Kilmer. he wasn't at the end of his, <laughs> his life <laughs> all right all right well okay so as a quick catch-up as a what did you do with your summer vacation they apparently uh learned that kate has pcos no surprise to anyone um i mean I, i'll let you i mean you guys we share with about our stuff all the time i personally have pcos uh so i totally know about this it's polycystic ovarian syndrome and it's a it I mean it's pain in the ass people I mean it's definitely affects you getting pregnant and affects a lot of other things too though um weird weird body stuff so I feel like definitely that comes into play in a huge way for her also we saw that little moment where Toby's been given the the Playboy magazine to go do a specimen you know boys and girls I've had to do that in real life and in real life they don't give you that shit they just send you to the men's room and tell you lock the door. Oh. Yeah. They send you to the regular men's room with like, where yeah. people go to the bathroom? Right. Gross. With, with pubes no! on the urinal and <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Shut your lips. Gum, you know, like ca- caught in the urinal trap. You don't even know if it's gum, Paul. Well, you do know it's <laughs> gum. But yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, wow. It is not what they show you in TV. If you're out there like thinking like. Maybe I want to get my specimen checked. Right, right. Just be prepared. Just it's going to be highly unglamorous. 
Wow. Well, that's a good, good public service announcement, Mr. Daly. Um, Okay. So the big deal is that they're going to go see Dr. Jasper, who's a stern, stern fertility doctor about IVF. And um, Dr. Jasper, I mean, dude, she just minces no word. She's like, this is a big no, like a big no. Yeah, we've dealt with doctors kind of like that. We totally have. We completely have. Not having to do with us, more having to do with our kids. But it was like, holy Moses, Mary. Like the whole thing talking about her weight. You know what it made me think of? And I really, upon rewatch, I really watched for this. And I tried to pay attention. So next time you're watching, pay attention to how much they do close-ups on Kate versus doing a full body shot of Kate. And why I say that is... You can watch Kevin walk the walk across the room from head to tippity toe. Randall comes bouncing in with his birthday hat, head to toe. Beth, we comment on her clothes because she is, you can see her entire outfit, right? Yeah. Kate, you tell me what shoes Kate wears because you have never seen her and her shoes because they don't show head to toe shot. Okay. Why I say this and why it matters. I'm, I'm interested to know that part. That's why sure. it matters is because the doctor goes into great detail about her weight and about how her weight is such an issue. And I know that there was some some sort of feedback from Twitter community about like, hey, I'm a woman who's overweight and I've had kids. Uh, I'm personally somebody who has struggled with my own weight. I've never been as large as Kate, but it's somebody who like I'm always like trying to to lose weight, that type of thing that I feel like if you can't grasp the size that Kate actually is, then I don't think you can appreciate what the story is even trying to say. Do you know what I mean? Oh, so you're saying they minimize the size thing. So people are like, well, I like I'm like, so, so if someone said, well, I weigh 200 pounds and I've had kids or I weigh 250, I don't think that's what Kate weighs. And so in that case, I don't think that the people who are responding really negatively, like this is a bullshit storyline, any fertility doctor would still move forward. I don't think you're grasping when they only show her from the clavicle up on the regular. I don't think you're grasping the size that they're trying to tell you. And also, Toby, as an actor, is a very large man. He's very tall. He's not a very fat man, but he's very tall. And he wears a prosthetic to look fat, right? He does. Well, she, like, they could proportionally make that to where she looks less fat. See what I'm saying? When you stand them side by side, because they're adding whatever prosthetics to sort of balance. Mm -hmm. The reason why I'm focused on this is because I think that if you don't have any idea of how big Kate is, and I don't think it's very fair to judge the the, uh, reality portion of whether this fertility doctor had any real concerns and that this was something that is a real thing. That's valid. That's a long way to get there. But I'm that's, sorry, I that's didn't mean valid. to. But here, here's the thing that was bugging me. What was bugging me is that you and I often talk about Beth's fashion, that we think she wears cool clothes and stuff like that. I often check out what Randall's wearing or Kevin or Zoe or anybody else. But I never, because because not because of her size, but because I've never got to see a full outfit on the regular, where I have any sense of what Kate wears. I just don't really have a good idea of what she wears. I couldn't tell you if she wears flats or sneakers or high heels. I have no idea because I don't ever see her feet. I think that's weird when I know that Randall wears like loafers and sneakers and, you know. 
Yeah. I don't yeah. know. It's just something I noticed. I don't know if that's something that they do on purpose or what. There's There was many shots where you could only see like this pot. Like I'm making a circle of like my eyes and my mouth. I know that's what you're talking it. about. Like she's always behind the kitchen island or, mm-hmm. or Behind something. a door or behind. That, that is very like old Hollywood kind of camera tricks, you know? Something I'm tuned into now. And and it and it is fully, not because I was before, but once you're going to put a spotlight and say, you are too fat to have a baby or in order to have any type of actual surgery, which I would like to point out this, she was a viable option for a gastric bypass, which means that she could have handled the anesthesia. No one ever mentioned anesthesia is what I'm trying to say. No one ever mentioned that she was an anesthesia risk or that she was a surgical risk when she was considering that. Hmm. No one that never came up in the storyline. So if now she's like a surgical risk because of that, I don't know. Like they they did a disservice then to hide her behind things to then sort of be like, and da, da, it was really about this, you know? So I did say I do want to talk more about Kate and Toby because this is her season, right? So I'm going to give her a little bit more time. So if it feels like I'm really kind of harping on it, I think we have to talk about it. When she goes off to has has brunch, right? And she gives this Ziggy cloud speech about the dark cloud hanging over her. How did you feel about that? What was your take? This is going to be harsh, but I felt a lot like this is just the same old whiny Kate <laughs> that, that that we've had as an adult Kate kind of this whole time. That's probably not a very, very popular answer, but no, you know what? I'm going to say the same thing. And you want to know why? Because she's a newlywed. And if you're going to sit there and say, my whole life has sucked and right behind you is standing your new husband, I think you need to like take a take a little tick there. Take a minute to say, am I being like a giant, like the glass is half empty person? I just had my wedding three months ago with the man of my dreams here, right? Yeah. Like I don't think I, I I appreciate and we were we were a couple who did not have kids easily when we got started and then suddenly had them. And so I do understand and I and I don't want to minimize any of that. But I feel like if you're Madison who's like, fuck you, like I can't I'm not married. I don't have a man. I don't have a you know, like there's kind of different steps. Yeah. And it's like, OK, well, so you're at the kid step and it's hard for you. Um, But you just got married. Shouldn't you still be a little happy? With your life and what's happening. I know she got bad news, but I mean, and this is TV and this is how it works, but her whole thing is bad news, it seems, you know? So. What do you mean her whole thing is bad news? Oh, she that's doesn't like get her to be in the band. Line. She doesn't get pregnant. She doesn't do this. She doesn't do that. She has to like, break things off with Toby. She has to. But see, I think that that's the way you could look at it. But I feel like, I mean, on my side, I was looking at it like, how lucky is she to find a guy like Toby? who totally fell in love with her and totally has been nothing but supportive of her and all that kind of stuff. So like, I mean, for me, I want to say like, you found the love of your life. What a lucky person you are. And it's like how, I don't know. It's just, I guess every story is different, you know, Um, but, or whatever your, whatever lens you want to put on it, perspective. Given what we've been seeing through the crystal ball about the future of Tobe, I am um, so sad about it. You know, we're going to get to that part. No, our, go ahead. Just, we, we can just talk. Well, about I mean, there's some idea of like, where's, where's Kate in those shots, but that Kate isn't going to be able to deal with that Toby. Well, and ringless. 
Toby is what we see in the future. Whenever Randall does call and say it's time to, you know, she'd want you to, to come and that kind of stuff. And he has no ring. I know he's in the bed alone and stuff. I He could be in the bed alone, but the no ring, the no ring is like, oh, because, you know, no matter what happened, even if they were in a fight, even if she had died, even if whatever had happened, he would, I, he would still wear the ring. Yeah. You know, and so the not wearing the ring is like, oh, no. I And, and actually, you know, that's a situation for me where I don't know if these flash forwards and flashbacks work. And and let me let me explain that a little bit. So I can't get into this Rebecca and Jack storyline of them dating because I know that they marry and I know that he's dead. That's my big flaw with it. Like this guy. And so I'm having a hard time caring about that stuff. He may even hang out for like six months, but we know he's a goner at, at a certain point. And you know how like it gets you a little irritated? It gets you as a viewer, you're like, come on. Like, why do we have to participate in this detour? Like yeah. it, it is just a detour and it's just, you know, like, ugh. I, I don't know. It's a little... um knowing now if we do know if that's what that was showing us that they don't stay together wow how much time have we spent with toby and kate and their and their wedding and now trying to have a baby and all this stuff and it's going to be like and they break up <laughs> no i bet oh. it's i bet it's a little more complicated i give these writers i agree more, I give more them, credit than- i give them a lot of credit too don't get me wrong i totally i enjoy their writing very much and i look forward to how they are going to keep our interest as they continue to do the this like crystal ball reveal business where we already do know some of this stuff. So how much can you hide anymore? But my my original point though is someone that has so much that she needs to deal with for her own self to to see the bright side of things is never going to be enough to help what we saw in those like fifteen seconds of Toby in bed last 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 year okay so how did you personally feel when you saw toby dump those antidepressants down the toilet i have done that move before basically that same sort of thing and it was the wrongest decision to to just kind of self unmedicate like that it was like a medical fiasco <laughs> and it required a lot to fix and on, and it was hard on everybody around me to deal with me I saw that and I thought he was making a gigantic error. How did you feel, Caroline? I Well, of course, I agree with you. I was with you uh, during the time <laughs> that you did that. And uh, and it was a very bad idea. Um, so, yeah, I completely agree that. I, I think that there's a lot of people, whether or not you are the person who takes antidepressants or mood um, stabilizers or anything like that, or whether you're the spouse or a even a, probably a child or a whatever your connection is with that person, I feel like it i think there was a collective gasp across the world of people who who handle helping people or supporting people who have any type of mental health concerns it feels like it's like oh my god <laughs> you know you're like you just flushed our lifeline to sanity ah you know that was a first of all i'd like to say that was a very full bottle paul yeah yeah I, I, it's rare to see like a hundred pills <laughs> i mean it's it's true they're not making stuff up. That's those. You get those, those three months supplies. No, right? no, 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 those, no. Those those pills do impact your ability to perform correctly. So that is real. Um, Absolutely. So 
I, I understand that part of it, but and that goes both ways for like men and women. Like, like I mean, we're we'll all we're all honest here. So, I mean, we have three special needs kids, and there was definitely a period of time when I was having a really hard time, and I was put on Lexapro, and I felt like it was a bad decision for me in terms of like I just felt like a general like numbness emotionally physically everything like i felt very zoned out and in a not good way for me um and so everybody's different but it definitely is something that you have you know wean yourself off and stuff like never just dump an entire bottle's worth in the freaking trash yeah yeah so bad choice i was listening to i want to say maybe it was like the after buzz thing or something like that and they said that that the that line where they said a single moment changes destiny forever and it was supposed to sound like it was the announcer from the franco harris game saying that but it was not apparently a line that an announcer actually said it was direct to to toby's move there can you imagine that can you imagine that the single moment of flushing down medicine changes destiny forever what a what a big thought you know with medication like that you can just start it up again what i guess that paints a very dark cloud in that in the period when he is is mentally not able to allow himself to go back on the pills because he's decided he needs to not be on the pills in order to get kate pregnant right Yes. Once that's done, then go back on the pills, become happy Toby again. And people definitely, I mean, I know women who have had to change medications. This is uh, this is not something I have personal experience with, but they, they either change or, or wean off and then go back on medications when you're pregnant. Like you, there's, there's certain ones that you like can't do at all. Like you just have to go cold turkey for as many months as that is. And I mean, that, that would be wild thing to have to try to undertake. But this is so ominous with two future Tobys in bed. The the, the final clip of Toby with Kate seeing if he wants to get out of bed last to season. Yeah, and then, right. then the future Toby in the Tess in and Randall. Again. Right. This seems to paint a, a, a picture of something very final happening as a result of this. Good you know what I mean? Call. I NBC has not graced this reviewing team with any screeners yet so we are just making it up we do not know anything i don't want to see toby like aggressive or in any way the preview shows him yelling at everybody i mean a big guy yelling at people is (laughs) scary for a lot of oh no no very true very true i don't know how i feel it's gonna be bad it's all gonna be bad it's not oof oof that is not a that's not a mystery i'm ready to unwrap you know well, let's get into this this um, this Franco Harris thing because this is definitely something that I feel like is like this overarching tent over the entire episode, and and you ha- you felt like you had a very good grip on it. Well, we researched it a little bit and largely agree with what what we found, and so to save you the time because I know you didn't do the reading, we're just going to tell you. Hit it, Paul. So as you, as you saw in the episode, there was this amazing catch that actually happened in real life between the. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers and the Oakland Raiders, where Franco Harris, who normally, uh, not normally, always played fullback or a position that's not too popular anymore called halfback, which is a blocking type role. So yes, sometimes they get the ball, but really they push other guys out of the way so that the guy carrying the ball can get through. Yes. So on this play, the ball gets deflected. He catches the ball. He runs it in for a touchdown. The Steelers win and they go on to have like a miniature dynasty. And this is a big deal in Pittsburgh. We get to see a little bit more of that story uh, with Franco getting ready for the game, Franco finishing up the game, going back home. And he is like very 
what would you call it? Modest means by the looks of things. By today's football player standards. Yes. He looks like he is is making enough to get by. Yes. Basically. Yes. The idea of using Ave Maria as this show's title and how that also means Hail Mary. And that pass by Terry Bradshaw was not a Hail Mary. Hail Mary is like a really long down the field and just hope somebody on your team catches it. That's not really what this was. But, you know, it's kind of the same difference. It's a football thing and this is not a play that was supposed to work. Right. It was an awesome deflection situation. So it was sort of like religious it's called the immaculate reception as like that's so funny as a reference obviously so i think it gels in a way that that you can just kind of wink and be like yeah okay i get it 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 was a hail mary pass kind of and so we have a few situations in this episode that are also long shots yes we have i think a ton of long shots here some that some that paid off and some that we don't know if we're going to pay off yet we have the shitty first date. But miraculously, Jack pulls through and gets a second. Right. We have Deja and that whole, how, what a mess that was, but miraculously saved at the end with the let's sign the adoption papers. We have Kevin and Zoe and the like, this may not work out at all, but like, we'll see, right? We'll see if there's an immaculate reception there, if you will, a miraculous turnaround. And of course, Kate and Toby with the whole, I'm not going to see you. I'm not going to help you. And, and the worst line of that whole damn thing, I'll tell you that doctor said, and I fear there's no one out there who will help you. Mm. That, oh my God, I don't care who you are. If you're sitting in a doctor's office, I don't care if this has to do with your child or yourself. If you have a doctor that looks you in the face and says, I fear that there's no one who can ever help you. What a fucked up thing to say to someone. Jesus, God, what a crazy thing to say. Now I'm prepared. If I ever hear that, I'll be like, like the fuck you know, and I'll get up out of there. And, <laughs> and we're all, fuck, 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 you're going to freak out. I, I feel like totally, I could not be, that was such a dismaying moment that that to me, the whole concept of Franco Harris and, and this whole idea, I, if, 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 if we are going to go where this is not a metaphor in any way, if, if this character comes into play at all, I would like to think that maybe... Zoe's family has something to do with this group, but he's a real person. And so it, therefore you can't make him a bad guy or anything. So it's, it's, it's interesting because we've talked about it in the practicality of involving a real life personality who's still alive. P.S. In any way in the story of the fictional people is dicey, you know, very. And so why they went the extra mile to show us this Franco home life Yes, with the mama who's like very endearing, very want to see more of her. Don't get pregnant. I just cook. No, there's been. (laughs) She's so funny. There's been other cases, you know, like the family that gave Jack the crock pot where we got a lot more information on them than we needed. And this could be just kind of that same pattern where. But they impacted directly the Pearsons. That's right. And, And let me tell you another one. If you don't remember, remember the fireman story? We got into their whole story about how he and his wife were having like a, a close to divorce and He's the one that brings Randall home and she's like, what are you doing? Take that baby back to the hospital. That whole thing. We got into their story. Yeah. But they, but their choice to take Randall back to the hospital directly impacted the, the Pearsons. So I find it hard to believe. Like, I just don't see how Franco's sitch there. Somehow someone in that mix feels like they have to have a direct tether. So this is going to start a segment where I'm going to be like, huh? All right, here's a couple question marks that I say like, hmm, Paul, what? Ready? Where was uh, where was today's Rebecca? 
Where was Miguel? It was her children's birthday. Where, where were they all for the birthday party? That was weird, huh? Right? I give it a huh? Yeah. Does, what? So the Manny still lives kind of with Randall? Uh, the, at last, no. He was living with Rebecca. Remember? That's where we ah, left that's him. that's right. Living with Rebecca and Miguel. So hold up. Was, where, where was she? Where was Miguel? Why were they not at the birthday? And did we leave it where Kate wasn't even with her brothers when they were singing happy birthday? I know she, she lives, had to run back. Doesn't she live in she California? Does. She does. I know. But didn't, shouldn't there have been, I don't know. It seems like they should have been together. They've been together all these other ones. Feels yeah, like. that's true. So Good it feels catch. weird. Good it feels weird catch. that she's separated from them. It gives yeah. me a huh? Predictions, Paulo. Franco Harris. Coming back, not coming back. I think it's a one shot. Okay. Kevin and Zoe going to make it, not going to make it. They're going to make it long enough. Kate and Toby. Having a baby or not having a baby? Ever getting pregnant? Never getting pregnant. She is so tragedy ridden. They've already done the miscarriage. One way or another, I don't think they're getting pregnant again. Okay. And my big like, huh? How in a how in a story that is so so focused on adoption, do you have a couple with fertility issues when adoption barely gets mentioned? <laughs> they she has a brother who is actively adopting. Her brother's adopted. And it is a huge part of their family story. How does it just get like a one-liner? Like, we could adopt. I think... Is that realistic, P? Uh, this may be just ignorance talking, but isn't adoption most people's plan B? Like, they're going to do everything they can before adopting for a first child. You are totally right. And that concludes our first podcast here for season three. Overall, do you give it thumbs up, thumbs to the side, or thumbs down for this episode? Thumbs up. Obviously, it doesn't have the same sock you in the mouth resonance as the season two opener with the fire, you know, Rebecca driving up and the house is all burned down and all that. This is not the same emotional punch that that was but it's 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 still good like what we said about the the detour stories about you know fake loves and all that with rebecca and and stuff is like i hope we, that stuff gets resolved and all and, and and quick but yeah i'd still say thumbs up i have a thumbs up at, as well and in fact i feel like i had an extra emotional layer there because we were actively at a family reunion when the show aired, I felt like when we saw all their familiar faces, it was like a family reunion unto itself. And that felt very like crazy meta to like look around and see people who I don't see every day all around me. And then also on the TV was This Is Us, my people who I only get to see for a short couple of episodes every season. So I thought it was a great episode. I look forward to seeing what's coming up in episode two. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks a lot. Catch us on iTunes or your preferred podcast software. Our website, dailyreview.com, that's D-A-L-E-Y review.com, Facebook or Twitter, or wherever you find us, please leave us a comment and a rating to let us know what you think of the show. Thanks for listening, pod people. Thanks for listening to my mom and dad. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Just go home, folks.